Welcome to Dog Wizardry, a charming dog trainer conjuring up compelling conversations with thought leaders in a variety of fields. Voted most original podcast on the internet, here's Dog Wizardry. We have a power-packed episode for you today with a returning guest, Rosemary Rassiopi, who is the Poet Laureate of Rockland County, um, and also... She is the founder of ApogeeAcutone.com, and there will be links to that in the description. I'm going to talk very little. We're going to jump right into it. This is an excerpt from a conversation that I had with her regarding the body as a music instrument. Um, her work with Apogee Acutone involves using... A particular set of tuning forks, and I've had this done myself so I can vouch for it, using a particular set of tuning forks, and um, she does vibrational work, and she literally tunes you like a musical instrument. I'm not going to pretend like I understand it enough to explain it. I'm going to allow her to explain it when I press play, but I just wanted to put it out there that there are other people that do work with tuning forks and vibrational therapies, but I can tell you that there is nobody on the planet that does it with the specificity that she does. So with that, so being, with that said, being said, we're going to jump gonna right, jump into, right it. into it. The body, the body as a music, as a instrument. music instrument. You once told me that the human spine resembles or actually is a music instrument. I am not a musician, so for the, the people out there that are listening that are not musicians, what is the difference between, first of all, I would like you to explain how the spine is or resembles a music instrument, and I'd also like you to address, for the non-musicians out there like me, what does it mean to tune an instrument, and what does it mean to tune ourselves, and is there a difference? I'll answer your last question first. When you said, is there a difference between tuning an instrument or tuning ourselves? Um, we are the instrument of our being. And although the process may be different, um, on an instrument, you know, you may tighten a key or loosen a key. Um, and in a sense, we are doing the same thing but in a very, very different way. Now, in regard to the first part of your question, how is the spine a musical instrument? Well, if you were to look at each of the bones that make up the spine, the most dense bones are in the lower spine or the lumbar spine. And then the bones become less and less dense so that by the time you reach the cervical, the neck vertebrae, vertebra, it is much less dense. If we were to take these bones and literally play it as we would play a xylophone, we would literally go from C to D to E to F to G to A to B. 
when the tonal communication of the base spine is balanced, then both the right side and the left side of both the brain and the body are in balance. By creating that balance, it's almost miraculous because it's non-invasive and it's really quite simple and always very pleasant, is that whatever pain a leg may have, um, a hip may have, will suddenly be abated, if not completely eliminated, when there is balance between the left side and the right side in that particular uh, nerve plexus, which is a, obtained by having the vertebrae of the lumbar in harmony with C. And the next is the sacral plexus with D, the solar plexus with E, the heart with F, the throat with G, the visual system with A, and the higher order cortical thinking with B. Now, is what you just said and, and how all those things correspond to each other, is that something that you learned or something you discovered? Combina something that was revealed to you? A combination of both. I, too, am not a musician, but very sensitive to sound and subtleties of communication. Um, someone would say something, and although the words would seem pleasant or affable, the undertone didn't seem to be. So this sensitivity of almost underlying intention was just something that was a part of me and as with a child, when something is a part of you, you just assume that it's a part of everyone. But as I moved from childhood to my adult years, you know, I found that this was not necessarily something uh, that was keenly developed or possibly made aware to the person. Um, as much as I became more sensitive to it, and more aware of it, the more I realized that intention affects communication and obviously affects vibration because sound is vibration. Mm. When quite young, there was, uh, in fact, I was, what, eight years old, I had gotten bronchitis and then it developed into bronchial pneumonia. And at that time, they did make house calls. And a doctor came with his black bag and his stethoscope and began listening to all parts of my body very, very attentively before he came to whatever conclusion or diagnosis um, that he then decided to prescribe a particular 
a line of, of both medicine and rest. And that's when I began to appreciate that he felt that there was a connection between sound body mm -hmm. and sound mind mm -hmm. on a full continuum. That's what this is about. This is about the vibrations being of a particular level and quality that allows us to be able to think, do, and be what we truly want to think, do, and be. It clears more and more of the negative inputs that may have compromised us or compromises us because they have not been put into balance. So when we were talking before about entrainment, you were saying that the body itself has a vibration. Is there anything you could tell me about that? I mean, I think that might be news to a lot of people. That that the earth the earth has a vibration, that the tuning forks have and, and our body has a vibration. Well, it it's interesting. Part of the um, apogee acutone process is for the person who's going to experience the tuning forks. Part of it is that they are to listen to their own heartbeat for three minutes in complete. Um, in complete silence, the the setting is a room where uh, there is no other sound that would be interfering. And it surprises me when so many, when I request that they do so, and I have you know the stethoscope that I give to them that so many said they never listened to their heartbeat before. You know, that's something the doctor did, not what they did. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is precisely related to your question, and that is I want them to hear the rhythmic pulsing, the vibration that is the life force, because I have yet to know of anyone that can exist without a heart being able to be um, operative in a balanced way. When we, you know, we, we very often certainly know when someone is asked, you know, what was the cause of death, and they say heart failure. So without our heart, whatever contributed to the heart failure means without life. So life is this pulsing vibration and communication within us. Digestion, if we were to listen to digestion taking place with a stethoscope, mm -hmm. it's a pulsing motion that is creating what is a benefit to us. Okay, going back to how <clears throat> the spine is a music instrument, mm -hmm. how do you know what parts of the spine correlate to what notes? Because each part of the spine, in its density, 
in trains with a particular note. I suppose the same thing could be stated. You have guitar strings. Like, how do you know that one guitar string is going to give one sound and another guitar string is going to give another sound? Well, it's by the particular positioning as well as the density of the string. Mm. So on a guitar, not all strings are exactly the same length or exactly the same thickness. Mm. So it's the same thing with our spine. If we were to think of each section of the spine almost as, as if it were separate strings on a guitar, um, then we can see that there is a correspondence between form, structure, and sound. So, words have vibrations? Most definitely. Consonants and vowels, which of course make up a word, uh, exist as one giving breath to the other. For example, if I said hello, and I said hello only with the um, consonants, it would be the H and the L, the two L's. It would be all, all. If I said hello only with the vowels, it would be eh-oh. I like that, it sounds cute. Eh-oh. So the <laughs> eh, eh, if, you know, it's very funny, if you could, if you, if one, and this is part of the training component of the work of uh, Apogee Acutone, and you say, eh, eh, and you really would say it so that it became a full somatic, meaning body experience. Where is the eh, eh, truly vibrating in the body? And then you said, oh, oh, and where that's vibrating in the body, you get a sense that whatever we say in some way or shape or form is not only communicated to the person, but is communicated to ourselves because of the vibration. So all communication is almost two-way in this sense. You communicate to a person and they receive it, but you are also receiving it. And that's where the whole concept of words that convey balance and harmony and love. For example, if you were to say the word love, you look at your face, you feel the openness of the word vibration and then the silent E, love. That's a very different configuration. A very different set of communications and vibrations to the body and to the person than if you said the word hate. You get that sense that that's a very different experience that is being conveyed by virtue of the facial configuration, the feedback to the person, and the reception 
to the person that is receiving that feedback. And therefore words, depending upon the configuration of consonants to vowels, can have different effects. Mm -hmm. The vowel is the breath of the word. If we eliminate the vowels and, and, and have only the consonants, um, the consonants is the body of the word, the vowels is the breath of the word. When somebody is um, in, when somebody is in attunement therapy, do they speak at all, or is it completely nonverbal? Once the process begins, it is no speak, um, no speaking on my part, and no speaking on the part of the person receiving. It is exclusively the reception of the person in response to the sound. The evaluation guides the selection of the acupuncture points, the cranium points, and the duration of the and the number of repetitions of that sound to left brain, right brain, and to specific acupuncture points. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be having more um, Rosemary on in the future. Links will be in the description. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Dog Wizardry, voted most original podcast on the internet. Subscribe and I might just kiss you. See you next week. Mwah.